Well, here we go again with top top ten, excuse me, misunderstandings about grace. Uh, we started our uh, podcast on this uh, last time, and I'm telling you, it was, it was powerful. And I'm looking forward to this. The first two we talked about, and I'm going to jump right in because our time is limited, and I want to waste your time. But top ten misunderstandings about grace. Now, remember, grace is God's ability, His influence on our heart, His ability that enables us to do what we can't do on our own, like change ourselves. You know, we can't change ourselves. It's sinking in every time yeah. I hear you say it yeah. more and more. It's, yeah. it's, and you have to hear it over and over and over and over again. Because I'm thinking this unmerited yeah. favor thing. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's so true because most people have only heard grace defined as, you said, unmerited favor. No, that's how it comes to us. It comes to us as a gift, unmerited. We didn't deserve it, but it comes to us. So there's some misunderstandings, however. Just like in every movement, you know, there's misunderstandings that spring out of it. And so this is about those misunderstandings or some of the misunderstandings, not all of them. So the two we talked about last time was grace means, this is misunderstanding, that uh, everyone is, is already righteous. No, it's been provided for everyone, but you got to believe it. And, and you will not experientially have the benefit of it unless you believe it. And then the last thing we talked about was, you know, misunderstanding. Grace means you no longer need to believe to receive. And I just don't know how to get that. You know, I don't, you know, there's so many verses in the Bible, you got to tear out the Bible, Bill, and, and, you, and yeah, discard just, them and throw them away. And and so the third one is, and you know what? You know, and how do you, these people come up with some of these yeah, things? I, I think, I think, why? you know, one of the reasons they come up with this nonsense is, they, they feel like they have to have the latest, hottest, shock state, statement revelation. And, and it's kind of like this. You remember, you remember back in the 80s where, and I, I'm not taking away from, from the experience, but back in the 80s, people falling down in a service in a prayer line was the thing, you know? Early 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, you know, all through the 80s. That was somehow supposed to be a demonstration of the minister's power. The minister flowing right. through the minister, yeah. he was anointed. Yeah. And I'm not taking away from the experience because, you know, it's, there were legitimate it, stuff. Yeah, this, this and, it can yeah. be real. But today, it's not that so much anymore. And in the circles that we're in, you know, the gray circles, it's having the new revelation. The new revelation, the hottest, it hasn't been heard before. But you're hearing this stuff that's just, you got to throw your Bible out you know, the window. I, I hear it all across the country, different countries, you know, and, and, and and the thing that you, you have to wonder is why. And I think the, the you know the conclusion is that's primarily one of the reasons that people feel like I've got to have the shock statement. But you know, if if I I was telling some friends of mine in Africa this just recently, uh, some people I've ministered with for many many years, and I said, you know, if I come, and they were asking me some of the same questions, and I said, if I come up with a revelation bill that I've not heard anybody say, I'm not going to say it publicly until I run it by a bunch of people that I trust. And just got to line up with yeah. all the scripture that That's you right. know. You know, and, and to get into some of these things, you you have to violate your heart. Yeah. Ah, you know, not you, just throwing the Bible yeah. out the window. You, you, you had to violate the Holy Spirit. Because he, Jesus said, he will lead us into all truth. Gotcha. And he'll bring to our remembrance, he said, things that I've said. Now, just as a side note, mm -hmm. you know, I went to Oral Roberts University for graduate school. Uh -huh. And they had seminary, they had a... Uh, chapel there twice a week and we had some of the most gifted ministers come 
and some of the craziest, quackiest stuff. So now here we are years and years, decades down the road, and you're able to now see the trajectory mm -hmm. their lives went, the ones who had to have something new and flashy yeah. and um, where they wound up. Yeah. Um, where did they wind if up? If that was their motivation. Yeah, right. And and there was a lot of good back there, but also there was a lot of misuse. And 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 the, and the guys and the ladies who went that way, look how their lives fell apart. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of time. You know, when you start violating scripture, it's going to eat you lunch. You know, Jesus said this, and then I'm going to. It's try. just not necessary. Yeah. It's the you weird know, thing. To Jesus me. said this. You know, I thought about this scripture a lot lately. You know, he stood and looked out over Jerusalem. Remember that? And he, and he, the Bible says he wept. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I would have gathered you together like a mother hen does her chick, but you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't have it. And then he says, the only thing left, not three, four things that could happen. He says, because you wouldn't listen to me. Now, it's not judgment when I say this. The only thing left is destruction. When, mm. when, when we reject... God's wisdom, his way of doing things. The only thing left is destruction. And when we violate our heart, you know, based on what we're saying here, you know, and we start throwing scripture away, the only thing left is destruction. Not, not, not judgment. God's not judging you. God's judging you, and God was judging me. You know, we're living proof that theology is not so true. So that destruction you're talking about isn't necessarily punishment. No, it's consequences. It's you, you, and you missed, he was telling you how to get mm -hmm. through a minefield, perhaps, yeah. And you came up with, oh, I'm blah, blah, yeah. blah, and there you go. Yeah, and, you know, and it's like this, you know, um, in Proverbs, I don't, I don't have the verse in my head right now, but but it says that uh, that stripes are made for the backs of fools. And that means consequences. And a fool is somebody who rejects wisdom. Okay, so when we reject wisdom, we the, to learn the only thing, that's right, the only thing left to teach us that might get our attention is consequences. Not God, not Judgment, God trying to teach us a sick, goofy lesson, but just there's not three things. There's two, either God's way or consequences to my stupidity. And I've done both, you know. I, I violated my heart before in some areas and did some things and made choices, and, and, and man, it ate my lunch. But like you said, it, it wasn't punishment. Mm -mm. It was kind of your choice by default. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about the scriptures in Proverbs where it says, so and so, when man has had fill of his own ways, mm -hmm. his own ideas, his own solutions, yeah. and boom, mm -hmm. when when he's had his fill, then yeah, and it says, you know, also in Proverbs, remind me of that scripture that there's a way that seems right unto a man, yeah, that ends in death. You know, when yeah. we violate the wisdom of God, the only thing left are consequences to to our stupidity. You know, and and you know, and and the foolishness that that we have brought into our life and and turmoil. Now I'm gonna step in on something yeah, there. And I don't want to take us off too far, but there's also the, the common theology, the common beliefs that um, consequences is how God sends all consequences to teach you character, to mm -hmm. build you up, and all that type of stuff. And that's you know, I, there are people that are never been believers who have more character than a lot of people than believers for a long time. And I just remember hearing, you know, God sent this. I'm thinking, yeah, if Jesus, you know, was the express image of his person mm -hmm. and he went into such and such a town, 
and he healed all that were there, except for he left sickness on a couple of people to build some character in their life. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing even no, a hint not even of much. anything like that. And then I found, you know what? Spending 10 minutes reading scripture with an open heart mm -hmm. to God, you know. Through the cross, me. really. Reading through the finishing right. of Jesus. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you, you're, you're realizing who you are in that and asking the Holy Spirit to lead you in just not, not asking for the whole room to shake or anything, but he, you, the, the power of your word, of his word, just does something to you. And I, I realized later on, an hour later, so that 10 minutes has built more character, mm -hmm. more change in my life then six months of sitting through those long red lights and some yeah. of those things that people... So the whole theology is kind of wacky. And, you know, and, and you're exactly right. And like I said, you know, if that theology were true, you know, that God's either doing it, allowing it to teach us a lesson, none of us... He needs to pick a side. Yeah. None of us would be here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because the Bible says we've all sinned and come short. If he was going to get us, he would have got and, us. And that's where we live. You know, <laughs> you know, he he knows the hair the hair's ahead the hair's ahead the 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 hair is numbered on her head which I ain't got as many numbers as you do and a lot of people do but and going back to your thought there Bill, um, you know that theology that doctrine has messed up so many people man, I mean just the the whole you know mindset of. God allowing it, God doing it, and 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 it's, it's which is almost the same thing. Allowing it and doing it, you're splitting hairs. It is the same. Yeah, you know. Yeah. If God allowed it, that means He could have stopped it. And if He could have stopped it, why didn't He? Oh, there, then there's 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 That's some response. Another podcast on that. All right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm 100. All right. So the third misunderstanding, you know, top ten misunderstanding number three uh, of grace is. Grace means that everyone is already in Christ. That is a, I don't know if you've heard it much, Bill, that is a very strong doctrine that's in the era that's being taught. I hadn't heard it until you mentioned yeah, it's, 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 earlier. Yeah, because this is verse Scripture. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you know, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new. The Amplified says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he's a new creation, a creature, a new creature, all a creature altogether. The old previous moral spiritual condition has passed away, and behold, a fresh and a new one has come. You know, I had I had a uh, a guy that that I was um, used to minister with a lot that went down this trail. You know, that um, you know everybody's already in Christ. You just got to get Christ in you. And it's like okay. But what about it says if any man be in Christ? I said, what about that? If. Could and I said, well, that means it really, if you go back to the Greek language, I looked at it, and this is not true. But he said, if you go back to the Greek language, because it says, therefore, if, in other words, he says, that means being that they already are in Christ, they're a new creature. Oh, if but let me tell you something. That takes away from the born-again experience. You know, when I when I came to the Lord in 1980, I was here in 1980, I had a radical, I'm not saying everybody has to have what I had. I had a radical change that night. I was a different person after that night. Haven't done everything right, but that's the night I become a new creation. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. 
I already was. And see, what they're, what they're saying is, Bill, that I said, well, what's our responsibility then? If they, if they already are, we just got to let them know. What? You let them know. Yeah, we just, we just got to inform them of the life that this already provided for them. I said, that's not what happened to me. I became a different person. I went to work the next day, I was working construction, went to work the next day, went to work the next day, walked in the shop, and one of the guys said, You ain't saying what? What happened to you? And I, I said, You know, I didn't really know how to respond much, you know? And again, didn't know anything about God. And I said, Well, you must have really got drunk and high this weekend. I said, No, not really. Um, well, what happened to you? You're not the same. What's, something's different. What happened? I said, you know, I don't really know all the right Christian words to say. All I know is I was miserable the way I was, and I went to church with the intent I'm going to begin a relationship with God. And the pastor preached. Don't know what he preached on. Don't remember. Don't care. But I thought, because I thought you had to wait till the end of the service when they gave an altar call. And so he, they started singing that song, old church song, Just As I Am. Mm-hmm. And when they got to the first am, I was. I was down mm-hmm. there. And I remember my pastor saying I had like Duck Dynasty hair back then, a long beard. And uh, and he said when he saw me coming, he thought, man, I hope this guy's wanting to get saved. I don't know who he is, but I hope he's wanting Jesus because he looks rough. And so I knelt down there. Had a, you know this denominational church had this altar rail thing up front. And I knelt down there, and he knelt down with me. He said, what, what do you need? And I said, I, I want a relationship with God. I didn't know what you called it, you know. He said, so you want to get saved? And I said, I don't know. I just want God. That's all I know. And, and so I started confessing my sins. And he said, no, no. It's not about confessing your sin. It's about confessing or, you know, saying and believing that God raised Jesus from the dead for you. He said, you believe Jesus died for you? I said, yeah. You believe God raised him from the dead? I said, yeah. He said, well, you're halfway there. I said, he said, now all you got to do is, is you believe it, now you got to say it. So he led me in a simple prayer. And I'm telling you, Bill, I became a different person. So I told those guys at work, I didn't tell them all that, but I said, you know, I went to church last night and I got saved. They, they understood that term. A lot, a lot of people do in the South. And I said, I got saved. And one of them said, you, you don't mean church saved, do you? And I said, call it what you want to do. All I know is a ton of weight went off my emotions last night, guys. I'm not the same guy anymore. Some real God stuff. I mean, it happened. I was radically became a new creature. I went home that night after church. Janice and I went. They begged me to go to church. I finally went. And I went home that night, and I I went over to my liquor cabinet. Nobody told me to do it. If they told me to do it, I wouldn't have done it. You know? And they told me, you know, I just felt my heart pour your liquor out. So I had a problem, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's not about drinking wrong or whatever. It's just, just this what I felt I should do. And I was opening a bottle of tequila that had never been opened. It's, they called it the good stuff. It had the dead worm in it. <laughs> Figure that one out. And 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 first of all, I started pouring it out. And my first thought, when I was opening it, I had this thought, I should probably keep this in case I ever backslide. You know, because <laughs> Mr. Buddy I'd ever known had, you know. And, and I thought, no, I'm pouring it out. So I was pouring it out. And I remember uh, telling Janice, I'm probably going to be a preacher. And she laughed, and I laughed, and in my heart I knew God had a plan for me. And, and you know, I, I was, so to try to take that away from me, you're not going to take it away from me, you know. 
that was a radical change for me. They can't and, convince you of otherwise. No. And so I asked, I asked this guy, you know, one of the guys I used to minister with, that who who believed that everybody's already in Christ. I said, what do you do with this scripture? And I think it's Romans 15, Paul's writing, uh, and he's talking about one of the couples, you know, a, a man and woman in the church there at Rome. And he said, greet them and tell them hello. You know, I'm, I don't remember the name. I'm going to say John and Susie. Greet John and Susie for me. Will you please, you know, pastor, greet them for me? Because they were in Christ before me. That's what it said. That's what it says. I said, what do you do with that? Well, they explained it away, you know. You have to, if they, everyone's in Christ, how yeah. could... They, they, they have to explain it away. But it contradicts the whole Bible, but you're hearing it go on out there. Um, constantly. Bill, it, it is, you know, and, and a lot of people... If you're, if you're, say, say if you're in a safe grace church, you know, that teaches grace week after week, and thank God for churches like that. Which is strictly just the gospel. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, yeah. it's a simple gospel is a gospel mm-hmm. of grace. Yeah. And thank God for churches like that. And people that are in churches like that, when you hear me say things like what I'm saying that are being taught in, in the circles, it blows their mind. Like, I hadn't heard that. You know, and have you heard, have you? Mm-hmm. And see, uh, you know, so you're, you're either in a, in a good church or you've just guarded yourself against nonsense like that. But I hear it from people all the time. And, and let me tell you something. It's destroying lives. It is destroying churches. And it's sometimes their lives. motives, if it's not to have a new, it just seems like a kind thing. You know, a loving God would, yeah, he's a loving God, but. You know, Adam and Eve, they messed up. And I think this is the only way God could get us in. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. That's right. And so, yes, they're motivated. Yeah, well, let's just, you know, it would be wonderful. Well, it would also be wonderful if Jesus didn't have to go and do what yeah. he did. You know what? And, and Janice and I were talking about this a while back, you know, that I hope they're right. I really do. Yeah. I would. I, because that means nobody's going to hell, and that would be—that's your heart's in the right place. Yeah. And, but I mean, unfortunately, you're going to have to throw your Bible yeah. and every, all your experience and, yeah. and, and the Holy Ghost so, out the window. You know, so so one of them, you know, was. But Adam, what if you, you know, it's kind of like a um, an, an atheist relative. He's supposedly is atheist, but I don't believe it. Um, and it's kind of like I say the same thing to these people that say that, or that, or that they have said this to me. So, what if you get to the end, Alan, and we're right and you're wrong. I said, you know, they're right about their doctrine. You know, everybody's already in Christ and you don't have to believe and all that. I said, I've lost nothing. I had a life of joy, peace. Yeah. And it's like my, love. my, my uh, atheist relative, uh, this relative, you know, he says, well, but what if you get to the end, Alan? He knows I'm a preacher and there's nothing to this. You just die and it's over with. There's nothing after this. I said, you know what? I've lost nothing. You know, because if I found out tomorrow none of this is true, it wouldn't change how I live. I remember hearing a guy in the church I was in in North Carolina on the way out. I almost fell fell down the stairs coming down. He said, wouldn't it be interesting? He mentioned a guy who had been married five times, um, was like 88 years old, and got saved on his deathbed. And he said... Wouldn't that be cool if you could live your life any way you wanted to and then at the last minute still get saved? And I thought, wait a minute, 
there's no requirements in here but to believe. Uh-huh. And um, that guy had a life of heartbreak, misery. There's nothing that we're right. sacrificing that, you know, we're getting something special for right. in the end. Jesus did the sacrificing uh-huh. and the joy and the peace and the love that comes. You yeah. can't put a price. You, you know, I, I, I told this, I told this relative, this relative and he said that, he said, so if you get to the end and it's just darkness, there's nothing there. You're just gone. You don't exist anymore. How you gonna, how you gonna feel? Well, I ain't gonna feel anything if, it's, if that's the way it is. I said, but you know what? I've lost nothing. I said, but what if we get to the end and I'm right? You lost everything. Yeah, you lost everything. I said, you know, because if I found out tomorrow none of this is true, without a shadow of doubt, this has all just been made up. They've done a good job of selling that Jesus really wasn't raised from the dead, and all this. And I found that out tomorrow. It would not change one thing about how I live. Yeah. yeah. I don't stay faithful to my wife uh, because of uh, a marriage license. If I find out today we get out of this you know, recording and, and uh, we find out you know, all marriages have been taken off the books, it won't change anything about how I relate to my wife. Because I don't, I don't relate to her based on a piece of paper, but love. And, and so... And that's the way it is in our our relationship with God. But you have to throw away a lifetime of supernatural experiences. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, then you got to, are we really here right now? I mean, yeah. th- if there's no, yep. it's not an option. No, it's not. And, it's real. And, 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 and mm-hmm. like you so clearly said, you know, and the Bible talks about this in Romans, that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not what you do or you don't do. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, and the truth of the matter is, if you try to make your relationship with God anything other than trusting in Jesus, you will not experience peace, joy, and happiness. You're not going to have it. Why? Because you can't perform well enough to make yourself be happy, make yourself be content, make yourself, you know, how, how you know, what you're looking for. So we'll go further next time, I guess. So yeah, and I, but I'd like to apologize yeah. for all the ministers out there. Where you know, like you said, relying on yourself and all. This was the only option left to him, based on the gospel right. that was offered to That's him. That's right. It was you know nobody did it with ill intent. Right, right. But you know, boy. When, I, when I was a legalist, I I did not preach like you're going to hell. I was happy because you know I enjoyed tormenting people. I just didn't know any different. Right, right, but it's a lot simpler. It's a lot, it's all been done for you, and you receive it, and that's the good message. And that's the reason And so you don't have this only other option, mm-hmm. which would have been the option that I would have had to take. Yeah, I know. Um, but thank God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God, you know, for, for the life-changing power of the gospel. It has changed and is changing my life, and nobody can take it away from me. You know, yeah. I, I, if I had to live right to get into this thing, I, there's no way. But you know what? I've been living right for a long time w- with no intention of doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, effortlessly, as right. you spoke of earlier. Right. right. And and that's what grace really is all about. So we'll go next time, go further next time with uh, misunderstandings. And we're just going to stay on the subject till we finish. You know, sometimes I, I tend to feel rushed and get, let's get it done and get it done. But we want to communicate the heart of what God says about these subjects. So uh, stay tuned. Be ready for it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Blessings to you.